Grace and mercy and peace be with you today from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, if you were here with us, uh, and if you weren't here, I'll, I'll tell you this so we can get all uh, up to speed, but we, we started a six-week sermon series on prayer. And prayer, when I say that, maybe you think, man, how, how are you going to talk about prayer for six weeks? It seems like a, an overly simplistic idea, something that we talk about as Christians all the time, something we say that we do all the time. Yet in my conversations with people, even within this congregation, uh, I know that there are a lot of people uh, that, that don't even know how to pray. They don't know which words to say or, or how to go about it, especially maybe if it's praying out loud with a group of people. Even in front of your own family, I, I've heard people say, I don't, know, I don't know how it's awkward to do. And, and even, especially if you're a married person with, within your uh, marriage, to be able to pray out loud together. In my conversations with people, I know that there are a lot of people in marriages that just aren't spending time praying together. Maybe you're people of prayer on your own, but as a couple, I know that it is severely lacking. And I was given an article this last week. After the sermon, uh, somebody gave me an article that they had read um, that, that said one of the greatest indicators of success for Christian marriages are those couples who pray out loud together outside of just like regular mealtime prayers. So those of you who, who are married, um, who have a regular verbal prayer life with one another, maybe you have experienced that sort of spiritual intimacy that, that, that comes in praying together. And if not, I, my prayer is that, that we can give you some opportunities and encouragement to be able to bring prayer life into your homes. So last week, when we gathered together, we, we asked the question, what is prayer? And we defined prayer as this. Prayer is communication with God through words and thoughts. Communication with God through words and thoughts. So when you have those words and thoughts in your head on a daily basis, where are those things being directed? Oftentimes we, we're always thinking about things. We're directing words, even silently, to places. My encouragement to you last week as we wrapped up was during this week, so last week, during the week, I want you to think about all of the words and thoughts that pop into your head. And I want you to directly address God with those words and thoughts during your times of desire and desperation and thanksgiving. So if you were here last week, I pray that you did that. I pray that it was edifying for you. If you weren't here, and even if you were, I hope that you continue to do that. Direct those words and thoughts directly to the God of all creation. But as you were doing that, if you did that, or just in thinking about your prayer life in general, have you ever thought to yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I, why am I directing these words and thoughts to God? Especially, especially for, for this reason. Do you ever think, like, if, if God is all-powerful, if he is all-knowing, if, if God is completely in control and he's going to do whatever he's going to do, why does he want to hear from me? What's the point? Why should I pray? And so today, this is the question we are going to ask. Why should we pray? Why should we do it? Well, I want to reread for you the gospel lesson from Matthew today. We all just read it out loud, but, but let, me, let me read it for you again. It's from Matthew chapter 7. Look, it goes like this. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. 
For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Jesus says, ask, and it will be given to you. Just by a show, by a show of hands, if you're willing to be honest this morning, how many of you have ever prayed to God, asked him for something, and God did not answer your prayer? Yeah? What's his deal, huh? Come on, he said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Doesn't it sound like, hey, hey, I'm the greatest, you know, genie in a bottle that you've ever wished for, doesn't it? Doesn't it? From our human nature, that's how we read this sometimes, right? All right, but those of you who are parents, those of you who are raising children, or have raised children, how many of you, uh, ever give your children exactly what they want immediately when they want it every single time raise your hand who are those parents that do that every time i want to come to your house right yeah you're the fun parents right no why why not why why as parents do we not just oh yes yes here you go why is it maybe it's a variety of different reasons right? maybe maybe it's that at, at that time maybe it's in your situation, maybe you don't have the money. Maybe you wish you could, but you just can't right now. Maybe you know the grand scheme of, of plans. You, you know what you're going to be accomplishing in your household and what your, what your child is asking. It just doesn't, it doesn't jive with what you guys are about, right? Um, maybe, maybe the timing is off. Maybe you've got a gift planned to give to them for a birthday or, or for Christmas, and they just want to have it now when you say... No, not, not now. Right? Maybe the timing is just off. Or maybe, frankly, maybe what your kids are asking for is just plain and simple, unreasonable, or unrealistic. Right? Yet, as a parent, yet as a parent, don't you still want your children to ask you? Don't you still want to hear? You, you want them to converse with you, to talk with you, to be open and honest with you. I'd much rather have an open line of communication with my children and have to field their unrealistic requests than to simply have them be little robots that do whatever I want them to do at all times, even though sometimes I wish that they would more so. But that's another story. So, so why should we pray? Why should we pray? If, God, if God's got it all in control, he's just going to do what he wants to do. Why does he want to hear from us? Well, first, let me give you two reasons why we don't pray. Why we don't pray. First of all, we don't pray to inform God. It is true that God is all-knowing. It is true. God, God knows everything. He knows absolutely everything. The Old Testament lesson that we read for today it's this lesson from the book of Exodus as Moses is leading the Israelites wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and they don't have any water to drink, right? And, and so the people grumble to Moses and Moses cries out to God, God, will you give us something to drink? Do you think that God did not know that his people needed some water to drink when, they, when he sent them into the wilderness? Of course he knows that they need water, right? 
God knows, and God ended up delivering on this deal, right? Moses asked, and God delivered. Yet, did God need to be informed that people need water? No, he did not. God does know everything. Even the Bible itself, the, the scriptures say that Jesus knows our needs before we even pray them. So, are we praying to inform God? We don't pray to inform God. He does already know. Second reason why we don't pray, we don't pray to impress God. We don't pray to inform God, we don't pray to impress God. We don't have to have fancy words, we don't have to be fluent in our speech. As I told the children here a minute ago, praying to God is like talking to your father. You just talk to him. So we're not here to impress God with our prayers. We're not here to boast in ourselves and our abilities. We don't pray because some, somehow we think that our prayers are, are going to gain us access to God. Prayer is not just the prayer is not a good work that we do. Like if you pray enough times, you're going to earn your salvation. We don't pray to impress God. So if we don't pray to inform God, if we don't pray to impress God, why should we pray? We pray because God has invited us. He's invited us to pray. He's invited us to pray. The God of all creation, the almighty and everlasting God who knows everything has invited you into a relationship with him and has opened the lines of communication through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that you have direct access to the creator you do not out of fear or cowardice, but in complete joy, we go to him at his invitation. God says to us, let me know what you want. Let me know what you need. And I will always deliver to you what is best for you. What is best for you? Trust me on this, God says. God hears our prayers. God answers our prayers. And sometimes, God does answer immediately. I don't know if you've ever had that in your life, where you pray, and God delivers on your prayers. I've had times where I pray even half-heartedly about things, almost like praying like I kind of wanted something, but I didn't really want it to happen, because if it happened, it was going to make things actually more challenging, but I knew it was the right thing, but I was kind of half-heartedly praying about it. And then God delivers on that prayer, God hears prayers, and he answers prayers, and he delivers on his prayers. Sometimes immediately, sometimes it takes a little while, and sometimes he doesn't answer exactly like we ask him to. As a parent, again, as a, as a father, and, and if you don't know, I have three children, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a newborn, uh, just a day older than Kira, I believe, or I think they're a day apart, right? But the five-year-old and, and three-year-old, I, I, I can't tell you, but those of you who have raised kids know how many requests or, frankly, demands that, that I feel on a daily basis, right? Uh, but one of the best things to, to hear from my children are those moments of just pure, simplistic thanksgiving. The other night, uh, after dinner, I, I just had a, a random uh, moment of niceness. Believe it or not, I'm capable of this. And we don't, we don't have dessert after every meal. We don't do a lot of treats. But I thought, you know what? They ate their food. I'm going to give them a graham cracker. All right? So I gave the kids half of a graham cracker. Super simple thing for me to do. Super simple. 
right? Not a big deal. I have a grandparent. Like, some of you are like, man, did you put in chocolate, right? Don't say that to them. They were fine with just a regular grandparent, all right? So I gave them a grandparent. Super simple. Tuck them into bed. Um, and, and I was cuddling with Hazel. She likes to, to, to cuddle a little bit before, before bed. And I, was, I had my arm around her, and she said to me, I don't know why I'm tearing up a bit, but it's pretty precious. But she said to me, Dad, I, I really, I'm, from a five I really loved the way that you gave me a grandparent privilege. <laughs> that's, that's it. So for, for me, as a, as a, from a fatherly perspective, to, to give a simple gift was super simple. But for her at that moment, that meant the world to her. And for her to exchange a moment of thanksgiving back to me meant the world to me. The scripture says that if you and I, even the, Jesus says if, if you're evil, which means sinful people, right? Sinful, broken people. If you and I who are evil, if, if we're broken people, sinful people, if we're capable of giving good gifts to our children, how much more can our Heavenly Father graciously give us all good things? My friends, God has invited us into a relationship of prayer. So why would we pray? Because God has invited us into this relationship with Him. Why would we not? Why would we not, right? God delivers on these prayers, sometimes immediately, sometimes it takes a little while, but even more so, do you realize that God gives you good gifts every single day, even when you don't ask Him? Even when you don't ask him. I just have one more quick example from my, from my household. Uh, two weeks ago, I was down in Wausau. Uh, for a, for, I'm, I'm on the board of directors for our district, so I got to go down for quarterly meetings in Wausau. Uh, they made it worth my while. They gave me two travel mugs. Right? Two, two, I got two free travel mugs. I don't need any more travel mugs. All right? But I was coming back home, and I thought, what am I going to do with these? Well, I'll give them to my kids. I'm sure they'd love to have a travel mug, all right? So I gave these two travel mugs to the kids. They love them. They love them. They won't drink out of anything else. They each have their own silver coffee mug, right? They're not drinking coffee. They're drinking water, right? Um, but, but, you know, they, they love these things. And they would have never dreamed up that, that they would even want a coffee mug. They wouldn't have even thought that that was an option. And yet here I am as a gracious, good father, just giving good gifts to them, right? Just think about this. In our sin, in our, in our depravity, we would never even be able to dream up a solution for our greatest need. That need of salvation, in our sin, we would have never been able to dream up or even figure out a way to ask for deliverance. To ask for freedom, to ask for forgiveness in the way that God has given it to us in Jesus, you and I would not have been able to figure that out. Yet God, in His rich mercy and grace, says, I know exactly what you need. You need me to step into the world, to rescue and redeem you. I'm going to go the way of death for you, to take your punishment, to take your pain, to take your grief, and I'm going to exchange my life for yours that you may have life and have it to the full. This is how God has given himself to us. This is how he opens the relationship for us. This is why we pray. Next week, when we gather together, we're going to get super practical. You know, we've asked, what is prayer? Why do we pray? But some of you might still be saying, I still don't know how to do it. So we're, we're going to be asking the question, how do we pray? And I'm going to give you some real practical things uh, to do and to work on and to, to try. Uh, just for your information, 
I will not be here in the flesh. You're going to watch me on the big screen, all right? So I'll have a pre-recorded sermon for you, all right? And Marcus Huff, our youth director and campus ministry director, will uh, be leading the service. I will be serving as pastor of the week at Camp Luther uh, next Sunday, and then I'm actually going to go on vacation as well. So I'm going to be on the next two, but on the week after that, Pastor Weber will be here, and he'll be preaching on the topic, where do we pray? All right, so that, that's the plan. But each week, I want to give you a little uh, takeaway, something to think about. So this, this week's takeaway, I want you to think about this. What would, what would your dream invitation be? What would be the greatest thing that you could ever get invited to? Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe for some of you, it would be an, an invitation to dinner at the White House. I don't know. Maybe for some of you, it would be uh, an invitation to the Super Bowl. For some of you, maybe it's an invitation to prom. I don't know. Right? Uh, what would be the greatest invitation that, that, that could come your way? And if it came your way, if it came your way, so imagine the greatest invitation. If that landed on your doorstep one day, would you go? Would you go? Let me tell you again today, God has given you an invitation to pray, to be in a relationship with him as an individual, as a family unit. Are you going to take him up on the offer? <laughs> In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.